0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Live Pono, Love Pono podcast. We are a podcast that focuses on creating and building healthy relationships. Love Pono's mission is to provide a safe environment to help the community build and maintain healthy relationships through education, intervention, campus and community resources and counseling. We educate our community through events, social media campaigns, and workshops to cultivate a campus culture of responsibility and respect, ultimately preventing interpersonal violence. We're excited to have you here today for today's podcast. Thank you for listening to our Love Pono, Love Pono podcast. The topic discussed today is about suicide. This can be difficult or triggering to listen to as it may discuss blame, guilt, self-harm, and depression even if you have not been in a similar situation, please take care of yourself. Go to our website for more resources at www.leeward.hawaii.edu slash Love or visit our Instagram for more additional resources at lovepono. Aloha to all of our listeners. My name is Summer, a Love Pono assistant here at Leeward Community College. I also have Micah, our Love Pono ambassador here with me co-hosting once again. We at Love Pono feel very honored and privileged to have this opportunity to speak with Justin Finold to continue the topic of suicide awareness for
1: this month. Welcome, Justin. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to enlighten us further on the topic. Before we actually dive into the discussion topic, could you please give us a brief introduction of who you are?
2: Yeah, well, thank you all for for having me inviting me in today. Um, again, yeah, my name is Justin Fienhold. um I'm a licensed clinical social worker um, just by trade, and um, I work for the VA. I'm the suicide prevention coordinator and supervisor uh, for VA Pacific Island Healthcare System. Uh, what that means is, is that um, I essentially supervise the program for suicide prevention for um, all of our healthcare systems for the VA um, throughout the Hawaiian Islands, um, as well as Guam saipan and american samoa Um, i've been in hawaii just to give you a little bit of background about me of course is i've been in hawaii since 2003 so when i first moved here um, i have worked with um, uh, local populations with uh, i started out actually working in the department of education when i first moved here Um, i moved on from there to working with uh, military dependents Uh, doing both behavioral health and substance abuse counseling. Uh, From there, I um, moved into working with um, active duty members. So I've worked with soldiers. Um, And then here in the last five years or so, I've been working in the VA with with our veteran population. So that's just a little bit about me and and my career around social work.
0: Thank you for sharing us a little highlight of yourself, Justin. Thank you for your work in the field. Without further ado, let's get straight into our topic.
1: In light of suicide awareness month and to continue this theme today's discussion topic will focus on how to tell someone when you're the one in need. Could you start off by telling me what are some reasons why someone may
2: want to reach out. So, but what they may not want to reach out. Yeah, there could be a number of reasons why individuals may not reach out and uh, we'll start off with talking of since we're really highlighting uh, veterans and service members as well. Um, You know, with service members. um, one of the challenges that they may face is uh, within, their, um, within their job that it may not be, uh, or it could be challenging to reach out um, because it might affect uh, the particular type of job that they have. Uh, depending on um, how supportive their command is. Um, you know, the the military um, ha- has evolved a lot, so I want to shed a positive light, something that I saw before um, coming over to work for the VA. is you can see, there's sort of an evolution going on within the military uh, to be much more supportive around behavioral health issues. But there still is a stigma um, that does exist when I um, talk to my um, colleagues that work with active duty populations. so those that in itself is can be a barrier for folks uh, that stigma that still lies and um, the reason I want to name that first is because well our veterans were obviously active duty members themselves at one time right and so that stigma doesn't just end when their service time ends Uh, it can carry on with their thought process of wanting to manage those concerns or issues on their own Um, so there's that Um, there's also uh, the challenge uh, you know with of course, when a veteran, um, a service member becomes a veteran, um, that transition out. uh, And it can be, um, it can be very lonely for them to not have that um, support that they're used to um, uh, on base where they're uh, with the same unit all the time and have a lot of support to now they're really sort of out on their own without um, those those support systems that are sort of already kind of built in and in place. So they have to create their new support systems, but those can also uh, in itself be um, challenges too of not knowing how to reach out if they don't have that support there. I mean, if they have a spouse or um, a close family member um, and lots of friends, then obviously that can be a positive but uh, for some getting out um, can be really challenging and then to go ask for help uh, can be challenging uh, in and of itself.
0: Yes, thank you for sharing that. And um, I just wanted to share also a few statistics from the National Veteran Suicide Prevention annual report from last year, there is some data from 2019 and 2018 that are quite great (laughs) that we would like to hear. So there's 399 fewer veteran suicides in 2019 than 2018, which is a great, it's a big win. And there was a decrease in both the male and female veteran suicide um, rate. So there's a decrease uh, of 3.6% in 2019 for males and 12.8 for female veterans, which is so, big I think that's a big number because it's double digits now that's so crazy I think that's really great um and maybe that's because things are more available and I think that's just a big win for everybody and I hope that more people reach out because there are these resources you know
2: yeah and I'd like to add to your statistics I think that um The VA has really uh, created a more robust system um, around suicide prevention over the last 15 years, starting with in 2007, the veteran crisis line was created Uh, shortly thereafter they created the suicide prevention program uh, in the VA and then the VA um, uh, around four or five years after that, uh, the VA began. Uh, along with having suicide prevention coordinators um, throughout the country. And by the way, every VA um, in the United States uh, has a suicide prevention coordinator position in their VA. Um, With that uh, came a system where we were able to identify veterans who were high at risk for suicide. And what that allowed us to do was to provide supports for them, uh, to provide uh, evidence-based interventions for those veterans. Um, and then in the late teens here around 2019, well actually around 2017, 18, um, we also implemented um, a screening process, and evaluation process that was uh, streamlined with evidence-based tools. Um, and with that, um, you know, allowed for more veterans to, to get screened and connected. And now we have a universal screening process where all veterans in the VA uh, will get screened um, for suicide risk uh, at, at, a, at any given particular appointment, at least one time a year. So as a result of that, what we're able to do in the VA is we're able to intervene much earlier uh, because as a, as a therapist and by, you know, my background is that we want to catch things upstream, um, you know, really upstream before they get to the point of the veteran being in a crisis mode. So we want to catch things when the veteran is um, maybe in an early stage of maybe needing help uh, rather than a later stage. Of course, we'll help them uh, if they're in crisis, but we want to catch things before they get to that level. And and what that does is that's just good suicide prevention, right? Um, That's allowing for the veteran to seek help early uh, so it does not... um, you know expand to a more crisis level where maybe putting that veterans um, you know life at risk um, so again all of those measures And I'll, I'll add one more that's I think helping with this statistic of decrease too is the VA also um, moved to what is called a full public health approach and what that means is as a VA we have implemented a new program called community engagement partnership coordination and so we have um, employees we have two actually in our catchment area that go into the community and create coalitions. Um, So I would invite on this call too, just for veterans, um, uh, family members that want to create coalitions in the community, uh, we have the resources to help you with that. Um, Certainly you can reach out to me and I'm sure there's gonna be a connecting number on this podcast, but all of that um, is effort that we have at the VA, both in the medical system and then in our community to to address uh, suicide prevention.
0: Thank you so much. I think the work that you do is very important. And I really like that you try to catch it early because a lot of times it's too late sometimes. Um, so I think that that's really great. And um, did you have or any? do you want to share any um, experiences uh, being the program coordinator?
2: Yeah, I mean, as a suicide prevention coordinator, um, you know, the. Uh, some of the things I would just tell you is more kind of in general that we have a lot of amazing stories, of course, with our team. Maybe that's where I should start in saying that on our team, outside of my position, we have three suicide prevention case managers. We have an admin position and then a peer specialist. And so we really work closely as a team. And I think one of the things I would share on this call is that When a veteran calls uh, the veteran crisis line, and a lot of vets don't know this, that call goes, they know that it goes to the mainland somewhere. Actually, there's three different locations, Canandaigua, New York, Topeka, Kansas, and Atlanta, Georgia. Those are the three call centers. Um, When they field that call, If that call needs to come back to our facility, uh, because maybe it's an emergency, uh, then a consult or referral really gets placed to our facility. Or if it's just a routine call, it may not be at the crisis level of urgency or um, emergent. Um, You know, that call will automatically go in. But if it's a routine, it's the veteran's choice, of course, in that context, if they want it to come back. The reason why I'm saying all this, I want the veteran um, that are listening in to know that that yes, you may get sort of triaged or screened by someone on the mainland, but that call can get routed back to your local facility. And then you can have someone here locally helping triage and manage that follow-up call. And that's what our team does. And so I think what I would share in our uh, experiences uh, from time to time, I jump in and help the the case managers with some of these consults and calls to the veterans. but what, I, what I've learned is, is that veterans really appreciate that they're getting someone locally uh, here to support them because they often wonder, um, I want someone on the ground that's here that understands what's going on in my community. And so I, again, encourage them to make that call. And that's one way that it does get routed back to us. Um, and I think as a result of the veteran calling in, the thing that I've learned is um, you know, it, it takes a lot to ask for help. Um, It takes a lot of courage to do that. And what I've noticed from the phone calls is that uh, being able to reach out and ask for help allows a veteran to actually follow through and get that help. And so I've just appreciated the number of uh, veterans that I've talked to, hearing their stories. Um, and we get a wide range obviously of different stories, different challenges they've dealt with. Um, and I can tell you our team is really dedicated uh, to help out our veterans and get them connected to the care that they deserve, uh, the care that they need um, so they can live you know, a more healthy life.
1: So when should someone reach out and to who should they reach out to if they ever go through one of these crisis modes?
2: Yeah, I think there's a number of ways that individuals can reach out. Um, You know, if we were, I know that you all have some active duty members that do, um, excuse me, um, you know, go to to Leeward. So I would would say to them, of course, is um, obviously reaching out to their command, um, checking at their local behavioral health um, centers, you know, depending on the branch of service, of course, um, my experience is Army, so, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of their, their model, but any, any type of behavioral health uh, center that they have in their um, or military treatment facility, I should say, um, is a good way to start. Um, obviously, reaching out to uh, individuals in their unit uh, can be a way to reach out. If it needs to be more private, um, then I would say Uh, a service member or veteran alike, uh, would be reaching out to um, 988, um, our national uh, crisis line. What makes 988 different for a civilian versus a veteran and a service member is that a a civilian who's a non-veteran or or service member, non-service member would just call 988 and stay on that line. For veterans and service members, what they should do is when the call picks up, they should press one that's what sends them to the veteran crisis line. So that's a really, um, really important resource that I would say to to reach out to, uh, especially in a time of crisis. Um, I would also add is for folks to to remember that they have um, supports in their local communities. Um, There are different avenues to get help. Um, I will name that faith-based. Um, organizations and institutions often have some level of counseling within uh, you know within their churches or synagogues or whatever type of uh, faith uh, that they derive from. And so that's another way uh, to get support. Um, so those are just a handful of ways that I would say reaching out um, is one good step. Um, again, reaching out to family or friends is always, um, I think, is important to identify that concern, um, but then also keeping in mind of what are your professional organizations. One one I should add is the CARES line. That's our local crisis line. Uh, On Oahu, it's 832-3100. So that would be one other um, resource out there for folks to reach out to. Other resources to name for veterans um, they can look into for support is maketheconnection.net. Again, that's maketheconnection.net. It's a number of vignettes of veterans that have went through hard times uh, through their separation from the military or while they're, uh, uh, or as a veteran. And those resources um, really are there for encouragement. And it shows a, a lot of different scenarios where uh, these are real life veterans are not actors that have went through different struggles in their life. And they talk about how they were able to reach out uh, to the VA or to their community to get help. Um, that's one. And then I want to also mention veterans that especially have had, um, any traumatic experiences, whether it be through combat, um, just or in their personal life, that there's a, uh, there's an app and it's called the PTSD coach app, PTSD coach app. Um, and they can download that for free. Um, within that app, there's a lot of coping skills that are listed within that as well as, um, an embedded safety plan. So when our veterans are experiencing higher risk for suicide concerns, then uh, one thing that they could do is open up that Coach app, go to the safety plan, and then create their own plan. They could do this with a therapist, they could do it with a loved one, they could do it on their own. But those are just a couple other resources I wanted to name that folks just have free of charge and, and, and readily available to them. Thank you.
0: And we will also have those in our Instagram bio as well with a whole list of other resources from our other um, podcast sessions. And um, so I did also just wanna talk about um, what are some struggles that some veterans go through or even those still in service? Cause I know that yeah. there's still that kind of stigma that comes mm-hmm. with um, suicide.
2: Yeah, we gotta keep in mind uh, for our active duty members and many of our veterans that have had combat experience, um, you know, those are struggles in itself, the trauma that they've experienced. Um, the, you know, the challenges of being um, in combat, of course, and, and bringing those, um, those wounds home that take sometimes many years and maybe even a lifetime to heal from. Um, so those are, those are the obvious struggles, right? Um, there's also a lot of strain and, and stress that comes just from um, service members and the training exercises they do. A lot of people forget about that, even though they may or may not have ever went to combat. Sometimes there's a lot of strain and challenges, in, uh, as well as the pressure uh, in the type of jobs that they, um, that they uh, engage in, um, can be a struggle in itself. Um, Obviously, service members are disconnected from their families. Um, A lot of times when you think about if they grew up in Florida or Texas or California, and, you know, they, um, you know, are relocated to Another part of the country, they may have very limited support systems and so uh, that's another area, of course, that, that can be a struggle of being feeling more isolated from people that you can share some of the more intimate details of your life. Um, for veterans, all, you know, obviously all the things we've just listed, um, certainly separation from the military um, can be a, a struggle. In fact, statistically, one of the highest risk timeframes for a veteran um, is when they they separate from the military those first three to six months are really integral that they uh you know reintegrate well back into society uh, because again they don't have those support systems Um, so those are struggles in itself um you know many of our family members that have uh, again been through um, trauma through combat um, there's strain that's placed on the family a lot of these family members and i say the spouses the partners that have experience those um, times with them uh, you know can be can be a struggle um, and uh, have some challenges on their um, on their relationships um, so we could name I think many 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 more uh, but these would hopefully give you all a snapshot of some of the challenges that our that our veterans deal with
0: And I'm um, sorry I do have a question <laughs> another question based off of that um, mm-hmm. was there would there be anything that you would want? Um, those close to veterans, for example, like a family member, um, those to understand. Do you think um, like what are important things that they should try to understand for their um, their loved one?
2: Yeah, we, this is actually, um, that question leads to um, a prevention outreach that we do with community agencies, and it can be done, uh, we do it with faith-based organizations and so on, um, which speaks to what we call VA SAVE. Um, so I won't be able to go through the whole thing uh, with you all on the podcast today, but I'll tell you what the acronym stands for, and this is something that family members can do in themselves. I teach this to both clinicians and lay folk um, alike. Um, it's called SAVE, which stands for knowing the signs. These are the risk factors that the veteran may be experiencing in the spouse or family member. They, they likely know what I'm referring to. These are the things like feeling like depression to um, maybe a loss of job or physical pain. It um, could be PTSD symptoms, um, homelessness, um, financial issues. And the list goes um, several on and on there. So looking for the signs is one thing. The second thing is when we encounter a veteran um, or service member alike that are talking about, or I should say experiencing some of these risk factors um, and they begin to tell us they're not well, they're not not managing things well on top of all that, it's okay for us to ask the question. And the A stands for, again, ask the question, which is, um, are you thinking about ending your life? Are you thinking about dying by um, suicide? What that does is um, allow the person that's seeing this happening in front of them of their their, their veteran loved one is to is to um, sort of confront it um, but in a way that's obviously it's thoughtful um, and also it's giving them permission to be able to share what they're going through. If we don't ask the question, we often don't know um, Most people reach out in some way. I think the statistics say about 80% of individuals that are thinking about suicide reach out in some way, but they don't always explicitly say, I'm thinking about killing myself. And so because of that, we want to be able to ask the question because again, it's giving that individual permission to be able to share what they're going through. And they may not be. um, And that also gives us information as well. The the V is validating, uh, validating what the veteran is going through. And so part of that is listening Part of that is not trying to uh, to judge them or talk them out of anything, but it's just being there for them. It's being present with them and hearing their pain and hearing what they're going through. And lastly, we call it um, expediting treatment um, and getting care. And what expediting treatment means is it's connecting to them to some of the resources we've talked about. Um, we'll talk a little bit later about some services in the VA, um, but certainly bringing them up to um, Uh, to the VA. uh, If they are in Oahu, of course, coming to Tripler, Uh, the VA campus is located on the backside of Tripler and going into the first floor uh, where we have, excuse me, a mental health triage. If it's an emergency, I would always tell you all to make sure that you support the veteran in getting to your nearest ER uh, in the case of a mental health emergency. Um, But that is just a little bit about what we can do and what family members can do to support um, a veteran.
1: Are there any other resources that you're able to provide to help these um, veterans?
2: Yeah, and that, uh, I think I was starting to speak to that is that the mental health triage would be a a really valuable resource um, uh, to our veterans. Um, That um, number they can also call is um, 1-800-214-1306. It's option two, then four, and that will send them to the mental health window. They can either do a walk-in um, or uh, you know they may they may be able to call that number. Uh, And with that, they'll be able to get a mental health triage appointment, usually uh, in a call in like that, as long as it's not late in the afternoon, they should be able to get a same day appointment. Um, And if they walk in, uh, they'll most assuredly uh, get an appointment. I think normal business hours would be around 730 a.m. to 4 p.m. for that particular resource. And again, going backwards, of course, 988 is another resource in those and press one for veterans uh, when there's a crisis at hand.
0: Do you have any resources to those that are not veterans somewhere in a general source?
2: Yeah, I think the general source would be using our local CARES line. I may have mentioned this earlier, it's uh, 832-3100. You know, the local CARES line um, can connect to um, resources. Once it's identified what the presenting problem is, the CARES line will then also help that person. You know, if it's mental health concerns or if there's a substance use um, concern as well, as a result of calling that line at the crisis, the local crisis line, then they can help triage what the concern is. And then they can then provide that individual, the type of resource that most fits their need. Um, I think that's the most immediate one. Um, I would say to other folks, cause you know, most people are of course working. Um, if you are um, a part of most, well, I guess we're speaking to an audience of a lot of college students. So remember that most schools um, have some type of counseling center. so just re- remember to, to touch base with your local counseling center. Um, if you have a, a job um, working for you know most companies, most state agencies and so on, you should be entitled to Eap services. Um, and EAP is like is your local employment um, um, support uh, for, uh, for counseling. And so remember to ask your your HR team about your EAP um, in in that context.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. And I did just wanna point out, um, yes, we do have a mental health counselor on our Leeward campus. Um, Her name is Lori Lum and she's wonderful. She's this very sweet um, woman um, and she's always here to help. Um, We will have all the links to these resources and all the numbers in our Instagram bio um, in the month of September. So feel free to check them out if you need.
1: Is there anything you would like to leave for the listeners to um, know before we wrap up the segment?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I would just end by saying that um, for individuals that are struggling, uh, whether it be a a mental health crisis, depression, uh, maybe even being isolated from peers or family members, um, it can be a struggle to ask for help. Uh, but I want to remind individuals that it really takes a lot of courage to ask for help, um, and that should be si- seen as a sign of strength, um, I think, in society. And I think we're changing that as a society where people are seeing that it's okay to ask for help. Um, you know, in the in past years, I think, or historically, we would see of just managing things all on our own as a way of strength. Um, But really the way of strength is, is being able to allow someone in your life to support you. Um, Again, that could start with just a family member. That could start with a friend. And in some cases it may need to elevate, um, where that might be a counselor or um, a therapist, something of that nature. It could be uh, again, in your, your faith-based community as well. There could be you know, a supportive pastor or uh, someone of that respect that could help you so again I just want to leave folks to know that it really takes strength to ask for help. And it's the best thing that you can do, uh, you know, many of us in the mental health world we've all had of our own share of challenges and struggles and and working in in the mental health field is very rewarding, but it carries its own sense of stress, so we really. Uh, make it a practice to rely on each other uh, to seek our own um, respective areas of help so that we can stay well and so again I would just leave that staying well um, is done by having a community of people around you that love you and they'll support you and living in isolation um, you know is a, is a really a, a tough way to live and unfortunately it doesn't lead to a lot of great results so I just want to encourage people to seek help uh, when they need it.
0: Thank you again for your time, Justin, and it has been a great pleasure of mine. And I look forward to having more conversations with you again soon. And um, I would also like to say that um, please look out for one another, whether you're a veteran or you're not. If you're a loved one that has a veteran family member, um, please look out for each other, um, ask them if they need help. You're never alone. There's always somebody watching. And um, I would also like to say thank you for your list, for our listeners. Um, we have these resources in our link tree, in our bio. Um, in regards to this month's topic, we also have the resources from the other episodes um, that we will be releasing or have already released. Um, and a couple of the main numbers that we talked about today, whether you be a veteran or not, um, we have the CARES phone number, again, 832-3100. Or we have the toll free number for that, 1 800 753 6879. We also have the 988 National Crisis Hotline. Until next time, this is Summer and Micah, your Love Pono team, reminding y'all to live Pono, love Pono. Thank you.